We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Way. Now Artest is jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Gamer Saloon. It's Friday, March 26, 2021. Alex Barutha here with Shannon McEwen and Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! Happy trade deadline hangover day, everybody. Uh, <laughs> this entire day is going to be, almost the entire uh, podcast is going to be dedicated to uh, trade deadline analysis. Nick and I did some immediate reactions yesterday, to, but most of that wasn't really purely fantasy focused. So Our fingertips to- are bleeding from all the depth <laughs> chart changes. And player news notes you had a crank in there, right, Alex? Yeah, I saw I saw someone tweet out, like maybe it was Bobby Marks, that this was the most trades or most transactions on a deadline day ever, which was surprising because I didn't feel like that was the case. But maybe we just had more help than ever um, doing that, which I think we did. Team Rotowire, so maybe. Yes, let's jump <laughs> right into it. Um, everything kind of started with the Magic, who made the first real like big move. Uh, of the deadline 
uh, in deciding to tear down their like entire roster, essentially. Uh, so Orlando, in a big move, sent Nikola Vucevic, Alfaruk Aminu to Chicago uh, in exchange for Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, and two first-round picks, 2021 and 2023. Both of those are only top four protected, which is pretty nice for the Magic, um, considering the Bulls are good but not great. Uh, Orlando is 15 and 29. Uh, Chicago is 19 and 24. That's 10th in the East. Clearly, Don, uh, Billy Donovan wants to win now, but uh, Ken, for Nikola Vucevic, what do you think this does for his fantasy value? Because he's been on a team where he's been the number one option by a wide margin this season. Yeah, it's hard to be a better number one situation than what was going on in Orlando. Uh, you worded this well in your article on the website that uh, everyone should go check out on the uh, uh, your trade deadline wrap-up. But yeah, he goes from unquestioned number one, so now he's kind of co-captain with Zach Levine, right? I mean, they're a good fit. At least they're not both fighting over the block. Uh, but you got to assume slightly fewer shots for Vucevic, maybe fewer for Levine, though he's never really shy. Vucevic, uh, as you pointed out, he ranks sixth overall. In eight category uh, total total stats uh, entering Thursday, so it kind of seems like there's only one place for Vucevic to go, which is down a little, but not too much. Yeah, yeah. Shannon, oh, you want to add to the the Vucevic? I analysis? was going to say I agree with that. I mean, I think yeah. Vuce is still going to be a very good fantasy option, but uh, definitely definitely a slight decline in his overall production. How do you feel about Wendell Carter? Uh, getting a fresh start here in Orlando. I like it. Um, you know, my hope there for for Carter and anyone who has him on uh, any fantasy owner, any fantasy managers out there who have Carter, uh, is that he actually gets uncorked and can play 30 plus minutes. I do wonder what this means for Mo Bamba, though, and I haven't seen much discussion on that yet. Um, the Magic, because Booch was there, never really had the opportunity to to give Mo Bamba extended run. Um, and he's, you know, he's another top 10 pick, uh, a recent top 10 pick. So I feel like it's entirely possible Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba end up splitting time. Um, I do think Mo Bamba will see more run than what we've seen from him in the past. He, he's obviously, he's dealt with a lot of injuries and stuff as well. Um, but there's, there's an argument to be made that from a fantasy perspective, Mo Bamba actually has more upside because of his, because of some of his defensive potential, um, we'll see. I, I, I think they're both, they're both more interesting now than they were prior to yesterday's trades. Who do you think's a better fit with, uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac when he returns next season? We think Carter or we think, uh, Bamba. Hmm. I, I wouldn't, I'm not like too worried about that fit necessarily just because I don't know. I like, I think Bamba and Isaac are interesting together. Right. I mean, because, you know, you have the wingspan going across the entire court kind of situation. <laughs> but yeah, but the offense could be a little. Well, we'll see. Hey, Orlando's got time to figure this all out. They're not competing next year. They... I, mean, I would say I would say Mo Bamba might. I, I'm not worried about fit either. And honestly, there isn't a single player on the Magic's roster that I would consider, uh, you know, necessarily even a long term building block piece for him. I mean, yes, you have some young guys. You have Fultz, you have Jonathan Isaac, you have Carter now, Bamba, Cole Anthony. But none of those guys are like a, a 
grade a super you know budding superstar or anything along those lines like i honestly it would be a surprise in my opinion if any one of those players ever makes an all-star team um i mean it's kind of their best shot right maybe i i mean maybe I, I I like Isaac as a fantasy asset because of his defensive potential, but even that, I still don't view him. You know, he I, he might end up being more of a you know a Bob Covington type guy rather yeah. than uh, than an, an actual All Star. You know, um, so it, it, it it's tough for me. I I I, just, I I think it's smart that Orlando did this. They have some interesting pieces moving forward, but they they still lack that that one key piece that you're actually building around well maybe they get it with these picks from chicago we'll see possible uh ken most relevant to you orlando <laughs> also sent you sent the boston boston celtics that, something that's right the magic magic continues as orlando sent evan fournier to boston for two second round picks and jeff teague who they're cutting so that was really just a luxury tax move uh fournier goes from starting 30 minutes a game uh, 20 points a game to probably Boston's lead <laughs> and maybe only scorer off the bench. His shooting role doesn't change, but his minutes and shots, I assume, are going to dip. Uh, let's first talk about the opportunity in Orlando. We talked about the bigs, but T- Terrence Ross might get 100 shots a game for this Magic squad, right, Alex? He is the oldest player in the locker room currently. I saw him tweet out. Um, so yeah, this is, Old this man is Ross. I'm the yes. captain now. Yeah. This is Terrence <laughs> Ross's team. Uh, very quickly. So yeah, I mean, you look I'm at this roster. Now, exactly. <laughs> you, you look at this roster and like, I mean, a lot of guys are hurt, you know, too, but taking that into account, like this is going to be a lot of Michael Carter Williams, a lot of RJ Hampton, Dwayne Bacon is really not a good player, but he's going to see 35 minutes a game. Like, Terrence Ross, yeah, should lead this team in shots by a pretty significant margin. R.J. Hampton's exactly the kind of guy a team like Orlando should be acquiring and giving a shot, especially since, yeah, Cole Anthony's hurt, too. He's more of a swing guard anyway. If you could have Hampton, yeah, you got a lot of minutes for Hampton to develop with here, and he wasn't going to get that in Denver. Absolutely. Um, I, I, Terrence Ross, if he's available in your league, if you're in a 10 team league, 12 team league and he's available, which is entirely possible. Um, I know in my NF, uh, BKC leagues, he's been dropped multiple times. He's I have hurt this week too. So <laughs> yeah, he's missed seven or I think seven out of the last eight games he set out. Um, but it, you know, assuming he comes back and he's healthy, I mean, this is a guy who's never played more than 29, the 29 minutes per game you see in this season is, is a career high. Um, you know, he's scoring 16 points per, he is a guy who, if he gets 32 minutes and he's, you know, he's one of the focal points, one of the, uh, probably the focal point, if not one of the top two focal points on offense, I mean, he easily could average 20 points per for the rest of the season. I would think every play off a timeout is going to be, uh, directed for Ross. It's like four picks Ross shoot. <laughs> and I mean, you can even see that. I mean, just looking back at his, uh, his nine most recent games played 32 minutes per 19.6 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 1.6 steals and 3.4, 3.4 three pointers made. Um, that's what he, he has, you know, he has the ability to do even more than that. The rest of the season, he could be like, like Beasley was 
um, after getting traded to Minnesota last year. Like, he could be that for your fantasy team I down mean, the stretch of this season. They didn't just get rid of option one. They got rid of option one, option two, and we'll talk it later, option three. Uh, there's a whole lot of shots available. I'll say this on the Boston side. Uh, in Earlier in the trade deadline, I was really happy about it until I saw the chips that started to fall because Boston wants to avoid the luxury tax. We'll get to that later. I don't. Jeff Teague being included in Cup Orlando, okay, it's not great. Fournier is certainly going to get uh, all those minutes, but we'll talk more about that later. Still, on the whole, improvement for Boston. Does this does this get them in the NBA Finals? No, but does this give them hope to possibly squeak in the Eastern Conference Finals? Maybe. I mean, they really lacked scoring off the bench. Uh, there was just no microwave guy to put in there. Um even when just Tatum or Green would sit, they really struggled to score. Um, so this will help. But uh, Scal kept stressing on TV they've got to pick up the pace, which I agree with. There's way too much hero ball in Boston. They've got to move the ball around a lot more. But, Alex, Orlando was not done. We already alluded to uh, the third deal. Talk about uh, moving option number three. Yeah, Aaron Gordon, uh, who's been in trade rumors for like three straight years uh, and who formally requested a trade uh, recently, got dealt to Denver with Gary Clark uh, in exchange for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a protected 2025 first-round pick. Shannon, do you think this is any change in value for Gordon? I mean, he goes from like a number two slash number three option to maybe like a fourth or fifth option in Denver. Yeah, it's it's definitely a downgrade for Gordon. Um, you know, there is there are certain nights where he would be the top option, or you know, more likely more more nights he was the number two or number three option for Orlando. But that led to some good um, good fantasy outings, um, decent production from him the past few years. You know, outside of some battles with staying healthy, he's been pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can nitpick and say that he needs to improve from the line, but that's just that's just a fantasy thing. Now, for the, you know, from the Denver standpoint, I really worry about. Okay, I'm assuming they're going to move Paul Millsap to the bench and have Gordon and Porter start at the two forward spots. Um, honestly, I'm more worried. Oh, you think Michael Porter's move? Oh, the forward spot. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, they're both. Yeah. Neither yeah. one of them's at three, and neither one of them's a four. Right. Uh, you know, so they're both three and a halves. So I just think you start both of them and that makes a seven and starting a three and a four makes a seven. Too. <laughs> there you go. Hmm. It's it'll be interesting. I'm I'm worried about their defense, uh, you know, as a whole with that starting five. Um, and it really I mean, I think it dings everyone's value outside of Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic. I think Barton, Gordon. Porter, they're all slightly decreased in value from a fancy standpoint than they were before the trade. Can I just backtrack a little to Gordon asking for a trade? I mean, he did seem to do it in a classy way, but like, I don't have any patience for him complaining about the situation in Orlando. They were begging for him to be the star of that team for a couple of years, and he never hit his potential. It's good that he moved on, and he did politely request for the trade behind the scenes. He didn't make a stink in the public till it came out like in the last 48 hours. But, uh, you know, Gordon needs to also buy a mirror. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, 
Yeah, I there, I think there will be a lot of nights where, like with Orlando, you know, that team was awful and he was still like only averaging 14 points a game. Right. And so <laughs> like, like, please I, I score. Think, they were begging him. Yeah. I think there are going to be like a lot of times where we look up at the box score for this, like the Denver version of Aaron Gorgon, and it's nine points, six rebounds, three assists. Um, and so if you have them in fantasy, I think this is kind of this is kind of bad luck for you, because if they do start that starting five of Murray, Barton, Gordon, Porter, Jokic, uh, Aaron Gorgon is the fifth best offensive player in that starting five. Yeah, he's like the final of, option. What do you guys think of Barton? As a starting shooting guard for Denver. That's fine. I mean, you know, him and Murray, I think, are they're they're both one and a half, sort of. Barton's, you know, uh, they can both handle, they can both shoot a little bit. I'm okay with that. Um I, I do wanna I do wanna just bring you know, we Aaron Aaron Gordon has shown some improvements this year. <clears throat> he is averaging a career yeah. high in assists. Uh he's averaging a career high in three pointers made, three pointers attempted. Uh, and also, I'm sorry, not three pointers attempted, but three pointers made. He's at a, he's just below a career high, career high 1.7. He's better than he was the past two years. Um, but he is at a career high in uh, efficiency from from beyond the arc, 37.5%. So he has shown some improvements. Um, you know, he's been around forever, but he's still only 25. I actually think the you know the 14 14 and a half, six and a half, uh, four the four assists is going to go down. Um, but I think he he has the potential if he's still playing 30 minutes per game with Denver that he's going to he could still be 13 and six or something along those those lines. That's a totally uh, achievable level of production to hit, even if you're the fourth or fifth option on a team. Now, you guys know my affinity for digging for diamonds on really bad teams. I got one more Orlando question for you. Could this be an opportunity for 22 year old? Chuma Okiki. Uh, I, I mean, it's an opportunity for him, but I, by all accounts, he is like a low usage player. Um, you look at his like per 36 minutes stats and it's eight points a game. Uh, you know, five, re, like six rebounds, three assists. You know, he's got some defensive upside, but I mean, if you're in a deep league, yeah, I mean, go for he's it. He's their starting uh, point guard. I mean, starting power forward. Sorry. Yeah. Right. But <sighs> He's been so low usage this season, and I and don't think that's defensive. necessarily. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily because the team has been like they they needed somebody. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's consistently seen about 20 minutes of run over the past, you know, at least over the past two weeks. Um, he's not doing a ton with it, so I'm not very. Career high 17 points this week. Yes, you know, one, he, that was literally he, he one went, game. He went four for four from downtown, six for six from the floor. Um, <laughs> and I think I don't even know if his yeah. prior career high was double digits. I don't. Uh, oh, he had 11. On the 19th, so, so just so you know, the night before that, he had yep. played 15 minutes, had zero points <laughs> and was was 0 for one from the floor. So <laughs> yeah. that one shot was electric. Yeah. He's got it. There's a lot of uh, P.J. Tucker esque lines uh, coming yeah. out of Okiki. I, I am not really worried about picking him up. I mean, if you're in a deep enough league, he's worth a look. He was, you know, he was first round pick 16, 16th overall. Um, I'm just not expecting a ton, but 14 team leagues. Sure. I mean, if, if you have a deep enough league now, there are a couple, I, we got to spend a couple more minutes with Orlando. I know you guys are eager to move on, but I want to mention RJ Hampton again. He is one of the big winners for me. Um, and I am, at, I'm 
10 and 12 team leagues, I don't think he's a must add. I think you kind of want to see how he's going to be deployed. Um, but deeper leagues, like he's one of the guys who has more upside. They could just unleash him and have him play close to 30 minutes per game from here on out. They should. I absolutely agree. You don't, you Um, don't think a developing Michael Carter Williams should be a priority? No, I don't. I I, I was a fan of of Hampton as a prospect. Um, you know, I, I think, I think he has ability there and we could see something from him, uh, down the stretch. Um, I mentioned Mo Bamba, you know, obviously I think Carter's going to get the first look. I, I just think if, if you're in a deep enough league, it's worth taking a flyer on Mo Bamba. I mean, if you're already, you know, if you're, if you have someone like Otto Porter on your lineup, uh, in your lineup, I would rather take a flyer on a guy like Mo Bamba, um, and, and what, let's mention Otto Porter here because he was one of the guys going back to Orlando. Um, do you guys think he actually plays more than one or two games for Orlando? I think they buy him out. Ball? Yeah. I think they buy him out. I agree. I, I would assume I, that's the case. Yeah, if you have him on your fantasy team, I'd hold him just in case he does play. Because if he does play, he is the number two option on this team. I like, you know, you know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, fair, fair. Don't, don't be too hasty. You might as well wait uh, a week unless there's a obvious trade. Yeah, agent to pick up, which will, you know, a Terrence Ross, you know, dumb Porter for sure. Uh, okay, so Ken, let's get to some non-Orlando Magic news. Yeah, Houston sent Victor Oladipo, the Black Panther, to Miami for Avery Bradley, Kelly the Clinic Olenek, and the right to swap 2022 first-round picks, which I found very optimistic of Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to me here, the winners, Indiana, who have Karis LeVert this season and next <laughs> season. But, uh, gentlemen, uh, I'd say Aladipo still hasn't looked like his former all NBA self most of this season, but he's been productive. Uh, what are you guys seeing happening with Oladipo in Miami? Uh, first of all, I think Miami absolutely fleeced Houston here. It was kind yes. of ridiculous. Um, even if they lose Victor Oladipo this summer, they gave up Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek, right? <laughs> right. So the not a big clinic game. is literally the best asset that they got in this deal. Yeah. And they replaced it with Nemanja Bialica. So like they didn't even like lose the Kelly Olenek type player anyway. Yeah. Yeah. For Oladipo, I mean, he goes from the, the, it's interesting because even when he was on Indiana, he was arguably the third option on that team because of Brogdon being there and Sabonis being there. And he was still getting his 20 points a game, still getting his six assists and four, or excuse me, six rebounds and four assists. You're right, Ken, the shooting wasn't incredible, but he was still putting up good shots from three. He was still getting to the free throw line. And so he went to Houston, got more volume. We kind of know what happened there. But now he's back in a situation again in Miami where he's the third option, maybe even the second option. So I'm not worried about him getting his numbers at all. I, I think he's closer to the fourth option than he is the second. Um, I, I just think you have you have Bam, you have Jimmy, and then you have Tyler Hero as well, Drogic. Like there are too many other pieces where you know even if Oladipo is the is the number three option, the the fourth, fifth, and sixth options are so good in Miami. True. that it depresses what a third option actually is, right? It's yeah. not the normal third option. So I, I think it is a ding for Oladipo's you know, overall value or is his nightly production, sure, but it's actually a, an improvement on his games played. So 
you know, the Rockets have been very cautious with Oladipo, basically uh, sitting him like once out of every three games um, since he got traded there. You know, my guess is the the Heat won't do that. They'll just uh, unleash him and he'll play uh, most of the games moving forward. Um, and if that is the case, then, you know, even if he's not getting to, you know, he's not 25 and five anymore, but he's 16, four and four. Um, knowing that he's going to play, you know, 90% of the games instead of 60, 70% of the games uh, is encouraging as a, as a fantasy manager. I would, I would prefer that option. Here's my fear with Oladipo. Great defender before the big knee injury in Indiana. Uh, had, didn't, play, didn't need or care to play a lick of defense in Houston. Uh, and suddenly goes to a team where that's expected every possession. I wonder how Spolster reacts when Oladipo takes a possession or two off on defense because I worry about some bad habits festering during those Houston days. But we'll I'm see. Not, I think he'll be fine. I, I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to play harder um, on a more competitive team. Um, I will say, okay, so from a fantasy standpoint, if you have Oladipo, you're holding them anyways. Uh, so really the, the real question marks for from a fantasy standpoint is, for me, it's going to be, Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn. Um, Tyler Hero, you just do what you've done with him all season. Um, if he held value for you previously, uh, it's going to be a similar value, maybe slightly depressed numbers, but he's still going to get his run. Kendrick Nunn is the guy who's basically just going to fall out of the mix, uh, kind of like he did in the, in the bubble in the playoffs last year. I, I don't see him being a significant part of the rotation in Miami going forward. Um, unless they have multiple injuries. So Kendrick Nunn's the guy. I would drop him and, and try to find a better a replacement if, if you currently have him on your team. Alex, can you please dump on the Houston Rockets for me in these transactions they've made in the last six months with this? Yeah, I yesterday I went through and like kind of put together exactly what the Rockets mm-hmm. ended up getting for James Harden um, at this point. And it's so for James Harden, they got four first rounders from the Nets who are contending. So those are going to all be in the 20s, probably. Uh, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, DJ Wilson, and DJ Augustine. That's what they got for James Harden. Any and, list that starts with Avery Bradley is a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. And like they also got, okay, they also got like four pick swaps from the Nets. But again, they're not swapping those. Yeah. Um, and someone hit me up on Twitter. I, I said this yesterday, but it's worth saying again. Someone says the Grizzlies arguably got more value from all the various facets of the Mike Conley trade. And I think Mm -hmm. it's true because from that trade, they got Brandon Clark, Grayson Allen, Justice Winslow, uh, Josh Jackson, DeAnthony Melton, uh, ended up getting protected first, which I think is going to convey either this year or next year. Like that right now looks like a better haul than what the Rockets got for James Harden. Yeah. So, which is depressing. uh, It's kind of crazy. We'll see what they do with those picks, but I'm not. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to more really depressing Stephen Silas press conferences. (laughs) My God, and that that man is Ellen back. Actually, he's not back. He's still at L. That that presser after they lost 20 in a row. I'll put it up on the pod article where they ask him about the losing streak, and he just doesn't say anything for 10 seconds, and then just says, "Yeah." My goodness, that's depressing. <laughs> he is he is collecting his checks, that is for sure. Um, straight to the bank. Uh, so, uh, one more point with the Heat. Who's their starting power forward? Is it Belitza? Is it Iggy? Is it Trevor Ariza? 
doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. Right. Fantasy uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. They might I, start. I, go ahead, Shannon. I, I'm with you, Alex. I don't think okay. it matters. I think it's so. I mean, they started Ariza, Ariza last night. Um, that was mainly just because everyone was out. They were very shorthanded. Uh, I don't he started think it'll before, be too. I mean, he's been a last year started a lot for Portland. Yes, yes, he he certainly has, but he is also an old man who hasn't played much this season. I I don't think he's really going to move the needle. If there's if there's a uh, a you know someone who's worthy of starting over him, you know I think Bielita possibly um, they could go extremely small and just start Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero and have Jimmy Butler, I guess, be the de facto power forward. I, it just depends on what the opposing lineup looks like. I think Bielita really does have an opportunity to, start, to, to step in that starting role, and he can offer a lot of, of what uh, Olenek did. So that that's a real possibility. Um, I don't, But again, I don't think it moves the needle much. I'd say Bielita is slightly more appealing from a fantasy standpoint now than he was in Sacramento. I feel like of the three, Ariza has the best chance of filling that Jay Crowder role they've been missing out on all season that did well for them in the bubble. Yeah, I, I, that's possible. I, but does what, no fantasy implications. The Rotowire NBA podcast is brought to you by Gamer Saloon. Gamer Saloon is a video game tournament platform where you can play video games for real cash prizes. All major consoles and PCs are supported. Our most popular titles are NBA 2K, Madden, FIFA, NHL, and Call of Duty. Gamer Saloon launched in 2006 and since then has awarded more than $75 million in prizes. Players could play in multiplayer tournaments or simply play 1v1 games from your couch for real cash prizes. Withdrawals are fast and easy. and They're directly deposited right into your PayPal account. Join a free match on us today by going to gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. That's gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. And simply pick your game of choice. All you have to do is win one match and Gamer Saloon will give you $10. Again, gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. Win that match. Go get those free $10. What, what, about, what about on the Rocket side? Because I actually, I think this is uh, something we need to discuss a little yeah. bit more is there there are fantasy opportunities on yes. that side of this trade save those thoughts shannon because that transitions very nicely into our fan feedback uh, section six days ago shout out to fan john king who asked again about six days ago but look almost like he was looking into his crystal ball he said someone offered me shay gilgis alexander for kevin porter jr I feel I should take that trade where he would take SGA, but I'm a little worried SGA might get shut down at some point. Remember, this was six days ago before SGA's injury talk. What do you guys think? At the time, I said, yeah, make that trade ASAP. Now that we've got plantar fasciitis issues, I don't, you know, I don't, that trade's not going to work out, is it, guys? And sorry to Mr. King. <laughs> uh yeah, anytime anyone has plantar fasciitis, I am immediately worried um, because that is an injury that's incredibly tough to shake. And, uh, I mean, Goran Dragic played on it in the bubble last year, but he was, like, 
really, really dominant. He was not peak dragon. He was not yeah. peak dragon. He was, yeah. You have to really consider this. Um, like, like you mentioned, Ken, I don't know if this trade is still on the table. If I was that uh, SGA, I mean, if I, I, I think I'd want Kevin Porter Jr. now to sure. some extent. Um, or I just wouldn't feel as comfortable getting SGA because I assume they, that trades off the table now, frankly, but they uh, were already resting him. I think SGA like certain games. Um, and now that this injury, yeah, this is tough. Maybe Kevin yeah. Jr. at this. What do you think, Shannon? I mean, it was, if it was six days ago, you know, I mean, on March 22nd, SGA had a played 34 minutes and had 31, 31, three and four. Um, with 23 shot attempts, which may have been a season high, um, I I would have absolutely said yes, go out and get SGA, which is um, what I did. Yeah, you know, I, I no <laughs> fault, no fault there. I think that's probably was probably the right call, or was the right call at the time. Obviously, things have changed. <sighs> it's tough. I, I think the Thunder are trying to find ways to tank. Um, they, I think they've been trying to do that for the past you know month or so. And they just keep on winning, uh, which I don't. I don't think they're the out west are, too. Out west. Yeah. I mean, they they sit. They sit. You know, seems like two to three guys every game, and just rotate and try to lose. But then Moses Brown is just an unstop, unstoppable monster. So it's impossible. Moses. Well, uh, let's talk it, about the positive. A, what do you think about Kevin Porter's opportunity moving into the starting shooting guard spot that Oladipo had? What's Porter's up? Kevin Porter, Kevin Porter's upside with the Rockets. Well, I mean, he's he's going to take over the Victor Oladipo spot essentially, and Victor Oladipo was still able to get basically his 20 points a game. I mean, Kevin Porter's not as good as him, but um, I, if I was the Rockets, I'd want him. You, know, you start him, but then I would play him like with the second unit a lot, like I'm just get his own buckets. Um, and John Wall is going to probably continue missing time here and there, so. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty high on Kevin Porter Jr. at this point. I, I mean, we saw it in his first four games with the Rockets. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. averaged 35 minutes, uh, 19.6, 3.6 rebounds, eight assists, 1.8 steals, one block, and 1.8 three-pointers. You know, that's the type of upside that's there uh, if he's healthy enough to play 35 minutes. Um, my guess is, you know, we'll see John Wall like like like. Alex mentioned we'll see John Wall sit, sit some more. Um, Christian Wood, you know, if there's ever any kind of reason to sit him, um, they'll Spencer. probably be cautious. Yeah, they'll probably be cautious to do that. Um, I, yeah, I'm extremely high on Kevin Porter for the rest of the season. I, th- I think he, he will be a very good option. All right. Thank you, Shannon and Alex. So, fans, before we get back to the trade talk, please go to our YouTube video for this uh, episode like the video and leave us a question for next week which we will bring up here on the show all right alex take us to toronto the raptors kept kyle lowry after uh basically like advertising that he was gone um but it turns out when you tell everybody that you're you want to trade someone and that they get to pick their destination, those teams that are on the list lowball you with like, do you want Duncan Robinson for him? Um, but they do send uh, Norman Powell to Portland for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. Uh, I mean, Ken, first things first, are you surprised that Kyle Lowry's still in Toronto? 
Uh, yes and no. I mean, for the reasons, like you said, it was pretty obvious that there's only a few teams he was going to agree to go to. I think there's also a, a fair chance that he goes somewhere and merely returns to Toronto as a free agent the next year. So he seemed like fairly obvious rental to me, which also lowered his value. Uh, but I am a little surprised uh, they didn't do something. But then when you see how uh, how what an affordable deal the Heat were able to get Oladipo for, I guess it was a buyer's market. I don't know. You know the, uh, and yeah, a, a three-month rental of Kyle Lowry just probably didn't seem that appealing. No, when Oladipo was the other option for the Heat, I cannot blame them at all for uh, for going yeah. with Oladipo instead. Philadelphia, no, nah, I can't. I mean, George Hill. I don't know any Sixer fans excited about George Hill right now. Right. They also got him for nothing. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, Shannon, we got Norman Powell going to Portland in Toronto. He was playing 30 minutes, basically averaging 20 points a game. He's been like hot for two years. Um, (laughs) do you perceive this as a pretty big value change for him? Because now he's going to be in the starting lineup with not only CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, but also Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't view it as a huge value change for him. Um, my my thought there is just you know most of his damage uh, is done when when Toronto has been somewhat shorthanded. Um, he he definitely peaks when you know one of Lowry or Van Fleet uh, or, or OG or Siakam, one of those guys or two of them in some in some cases is sitting. Um, and I think it's going to be a similar thing uh, with the, the Trailblazers. I, I just you know. Lowry and Van Fleet, Lillard and McCollum. The the volume the volume definitely favors uh, favors McCollum and Lillard. Those are two. They're more high volume than than Lowry and, and Van Fleet are. So that will take away from Powell a little bit, I guess. It just it just depends on how much you believe in the guy. Um, I don't believe that he's the twenty point per game guy uh, that we've seen in the past month and a half. Um, I think he's a little bit, he's actually been at almost 24 points per game. Um, but again, that's because there are a lot of stretches in that, during that, where Toronto was shorthanded. Uh, if you go back and look at the first month of the season, he was 12 points, under 12 points per game in 23 minutes per. And that's when Toronto was at full strength. He's probably somewhere in between. So 14, 15, 16 points per is probably what I'd put him at. Um, you know, he's not going to be a top 50 or top 30 or 40, wherever the hell he was. He was definitely crushing it the past six weeks for Toronto. He's not going to be there with Portland. Um, is he still going to be a top hundred guy hold the value? Yes. Um, some of the other fringe guys for Portland, uh, like Derek Jones, who maybe would get value in a, uh, deeper leagues because of his defensive stats. They're obviously going to take a huge hit. Um, Carmel, the days of Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the days Anthony. of squeezing mellow, some mellow juice out are got to be done. So, but I, I mean, I think Powell, the way Portland structured, you know, Powell could easily be their third option. Even when Nurkic returns, he could still be their third option on offense. Um, I just don't expect him to be what he's been the past six weeks. I, I think he's more. Eh, uh, tops, I would put it at like 17 points per with with Portland. Toronto had so many players missing at various points. They also had a lot of COVID issues yeah. that there were a ton of shots and points they needed from Powell. He started a ton. Uh, point of order, Nurkic actually hoping to return tonight. 
for the Trailblazers. We know he wasn't great at the beginning of the season. We'll see how he is when he comes back. Um, you know, I don't really get this trade from Toronto's standpoint. They don't get any picks. Trent's contract ends uh, this year, though he's a restricted free agent. And Hood has an additional year at a, almost $11 million. I don't want to pay Rodney Hood $11 million for next year. So I just don't really understand the upside here. Maybe they love Gary Trent. I I just don't get quite get like why are there no picks in this deal? That yeah, that would be my guess. They just they're fans of Gary Trent. Um, man, Norman Powell. I, I want to. I just want to reiterate. Norman Powell is one of. I think he's one of the most overrated players <laughs> in the NBA. Some teams gonna pay out the nose for him this off season when he hits free agency. Um, please, Pistons, don't let it be you. He is not worth it. There is a reason well, he's why. Not getting any young. Is he 30? Is Powell the, 30, I think? The Raptors okay. traded him because they lost a ton of games when he was one of their top scoring options. He's just he, he's not a he's not a player that's going to help a team win, in my opinion. He's to be 28 next season. My mistake. So I'm good. I'll be yeah. I'm good. I don't want that on my Pistons. Um, Chelsea, you got a lot of money to spend. It might happen. <laughs> well, Jeremy hey, speaking Grant of Detroit, Powell. speaking no, of Detroit, yeah. I'm sorry, what's that, Alex? <laughs> I said Jeremy Grant and Norman Powell as your building. Ooh, cover the media guide. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, let's stay in Detroit. Earlier in the day, the Pistons moved DeLon Wright to Sacramento for Corey Joseph. And two second-round picks. I believe there's also a bag of balls that were exchanged. Shannon, which is sadder, the end of the DeLon Wright era in Detroit or the end of the Jeff Teague era in Boston? <laughs> the end of the Jeff Teague era in Boston for a couple of reasons. Um, one, because it shows you how pathetic the moves Danny Ainge has made are. And two, just you know how, how abysmal the season has been for the Celtics. 21 and 23 currently sitting in the eighth seed of the Eastern Conference. Just embarrassing. Embarrassing for a team that most would have thought we're going to make a conference finals appearance this year. Uh, it's 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 just truly, I don't I don't get it. Walk you have, me through you have the Tatum. Pistons seasons, please. Huh? Walk me through <laughs> the Pistons season, please. I can. Hey, uh, who, who has more championships since 1989? Uh, that wasn't the question. The question right, was walk right, me right, through the Pistons season. Now, granted, two of their 12 wins came against the Celtics, but they are sitting at 12 wins. Yeah, Celtics lose to a lot of bad teams. I I just don't get it. You have Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. Um, Man, it's it's sadder for the Celtics. Absolutely. They got problems. Um, DeLon Wright, at first I was like, what the heck is Sacramento going to do with DeLon Wright? And then I saw Corey Joseph was getting 20 minutes a game. And I was like, what? (laughs) I don't, is that, is that because they don't like, you know, Buddy Heald's getting benched a lot? Uh. I don't know. Does DeLon Wright, Alex, have any value in Sacramento? Uh, no, I think this pretty much kills his value. I, I think if you had him on Detroit, that was nice while you had him. And now I think it's over. Um, yeah. The minute he's going to be. We For most of DeLon Wright's career, he's been 20 minutes a game and not fantasy relevant. And then there's those moments where he gets traded somewhere. He plays 35 minutes a game. And it's like, wow, 15, 6, and 6 out of DeLon Wright. <laughs> um, so anything you get from him now is very much extra. Yes. Uh, now, wait, but, before we move on, Alex. So, yeah. Shannon, we discussed him before. Dennis Smith Jr., your starting point guard in Detroit. Is he is, now fantasy relevant? Is he the starting point guard in Detroit? Uh, I, I don't 
I don't believe he's going to be the starting point guard in Detroit right. long term. Um, you know, he might be immediately, uh, but that's just more a byproduct of who's healthy. I actually think Lee um, might get some looks um, in the short term. Saban um, Lee. Lee, yes. I, I think he's going to get see some extra run. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes the starter um, until Killian Hayes is, is healthy. And I actually think that's one of the reasons why they made this move um, is just to free up things for Killian Hayes once he returns. He's back uh, back cleared for on-court work a week or two ago, about 10 days ago. Uh, and he is going to be reevaluated here come like the first week of April. So the, he'll come back and play you know, maybe the last 20 games of the season or so. Um, I, I think Hayes is really the guy <clears throat> who, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to look at, I just, I, I don't, I don't believe Dennis Smith again, short term. Yes. He might get some run, but they're probably, you know, even if Hayes, if Dennis Smith starts to be too productive, <laughs> they'll just, they'll be like, all right, it's time to take a look at Lee, um, until Hayes gets back. Um, I, you know, I don't think Corey Joseph factors in, um, other than like, no more minutes for Frank Jackson. Okay. Thank you. That's okay. I'm okay with that. You know, the thing, I think things are more interesting on the Sacramento side to see how they handle it. Um, but like Alex said, I agree with him. Uh, Delon Wright, I don't believe will see enough minutes. Even if he plays 20 minutes per, it's not enough. Sacramento has actually tightened up their rotation uh, significantly uh, in the past few weeks. Um, they're really riding Fox, Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes and, and uh, Rashawn Holmes um, a lot harder. All of those guys are, are routinely playing over 30 minutes. Some of them are, are approaching, you know, 35, 40 minutes on a regular basis. Um, you know, part of that's just because Bagley's been out. Hassan Whiteside's been out. Um, but I, I also think they've just kind of moved the needle saying, like, these are our guys. We need to play them more. Um, and I expect them to continue doing that. So, you know, DeJuan Wright, you're not going to take minutes away from Halliburton or Fox. Um, you're not going to take minutes away from Buddy Heald. I, I just I don't see it happening. All right, Alex, please get us out of Sacramento and Detroit. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of big men deals go down. We had JaVale McGee to Denver for Isaiah Hartenstein. That move just kind of makes sense from it. You said JaVale McGee to a competitive team. Uh, the Cavs get a look at Hartenstein, who obviously is not good. Uh, Daniel Tice. Uh, Daniel Tice, this is a, another Boston move. Uh, someone who I thought the Celtics were essentially married to. <laughs> God, <laughs> I don't know don't, why I thought that. I thought he was going to be like, I thought he was going to be, like, be like a career Celtic. I don't know why I had that in my head. Um, but uh, he got traded. The salt. Oh, the salt in my wounds. He got traded to Chicago uh, to back up uh, Vucevic and uh, uh, Laurie Markkinen. Mo Wagner and Luke Cornett went to Boston. Washington got Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. I actually like Daniel Gafford a lot for Washington. Um, that kind of speaks to how depressing this series of trades was. Uh, the Heat also acquired uh, Nemanja Bielica, a.k.a. Professor Big Shots uh, from Sacramento. We touched on that earlier. Uh, Mo Harkless and Chris Silva go to Sacramento. Uh, Heat Alex, probably can you give us your standard Mo Harkless comment? He is not. Oh, he's not good. Oh, he's not a poor man's Jay Crowder. Oh, he's not a poor man's Jay Crowder. I think we said that. I, I wrote that in the article. I know. Uh, I think we've said it about 10 times. But yeah, I, I just yeah. wanted to officially document that. Yeah, he is not 
Uh, not a poor man's Jay Crowder. Uh, what a what a career for Mo Harkless after it looked like he was like in in Portland with Damian Lillard. It was like, yeah, Mo Harkless, not bad. Yeah, and then it's yeah. like you take him away from Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and it's like, oh no. <laughs> uh, same with Aminu. Yeah, uh, Mo Harkless yeah. legit looked good when he was with Portland. I know. Uh, and I even I went to a game in Portland uh, and saw him in person, and I was just blown away. I was like, I can't believe how good Mo Harkless is. <laughs> We should really be scouts. We totally yeah, should be scouts. Obviously. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's move past the big time. I, I want actually I want to talk okay. about these I want to talk about a couple of these big men just briefly. Okay. All right, so do, does anyone move the needle? You mentioned from a fantasy standpoint, Alex, you mentioned Gafford is I mean, yeah. the you look at Washington's front court, right. uh, their center position. Um, it looks like Rua has Rua Hatchamura been seeing any minutes at the five lately? I know his his minutes have increased significantly, so I think he has seen some minutes there, um, which is interesting. But but they basically, you know, since Thomas Bryant was ruled out for the season, you know, you have Robin Lopez, Wagner, Alex Len. Can Gafford get in there and actually see like twenty five minutes per? And if he does, is that does that warrant fantasy attention? I mean, I think Daniel Gafford might be better than Alex Len, and I think he might be better than Robin Lopez. So yeah. I think you have to at least think about adding him. There's a possible um, future to Gafford versus those other two, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. in like a 12-teamer, I don't – probably not. I mean, you don't right. have to right. – again, this is like so speculative that you are doing this to like get ahead of people in 16-team leagues, I think. Like I yeah. think that's what this is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the sad part for Gafford is when Carter was hurt yet again for Chicago this year, he didn't do anything. And they were starting him and begging him to be productive, and it didn't happen. Yeah, they still didn't give him enough enough run in those uh, that fill-in time. I wish, you know, it seemed like they were still holding him back to like 18 minutes or twenty minute, under 20 minutes. I would have loved to have seen him actually play 30 minutes in a game. I know he, I know he could put up decent rebounding and block stats if they gave him that run. And the the other so the other big guy that you mentioned, another dumpster fire of a front court, uh, especially the center position, the Boston Celtics. Now I I am a big Mo Wagner fan because of the Michigan ties. I know it's t- this should mean it's it's finally time with Daniel Tice gone. It's finally time for Time Lord. I'm Lord to fully break out. Yeah, and that's what I expect to happen. But at the same time, you know, they've been hesitant to just hand Robert Williams 30 minutes. So could Mo Wagner actually? Let's not pretend the Tice move had anything to do with improving the roster. It was all a salary dump to get under the luxury tax. Same reason Teague was included in the deal to Orlando. I'm not defending Boston in any way. You'll hear my old man rant shortly. I. I get it. I get, I get the luxury tax angle, but isn't it possible they also like Wagner? I mean, he's he's young enough, you know, former first round pick from just uh, two and a half years ago. Isn't it? Isn't it possible? 20, number 25 first round pick, but yeah, uh, yeah 24, maybe we'll see. Right. I mean, right. Brad also likes to go small, so he's not they don't prioritize centers in the uh, Celtic offense. But he'll have an opportunity. We'll see. Time Lord, that's what we're hoping. All right. All right, I, I got to go to George Hill going to the Sixers. I imagine a lot of Philly fans bummed they didn't get Kyle Lowry. Uh, they pretty much got Hill for nothing. I'm not even going to go through the details because we're running late. I do want to point out, though, Oklahoma City 
has 34 picks. 34 over the next seven years. That's 17 first-rounders and 17 second-rounders per Bobby Marks. At some point, are you even able to trade those for value? You just have so many? Uh, Well, we saw what happened when the Celtics had so many picks. Exactly. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah. I think I I saw some people on Twitter being like, well, you know, there's only 15 roster spots. Like, how are they going to fit all these trades? And I'm like, look at their (laughs) roster right now and tell me how many of these guys you would actually keep. That's true. Because it's like you got to you know, I think what Danny taught him, use the picks early to move up. Don't wait to see if your guy falls to a certain spot. Move up and hope somebody falls to your spot, you know? Right. Um, That's crazy. I mean, hey, someone, I mean, this is is what everyone has been hoping a team would do since the process, and we we finally got it. So (laughs) I I hope it works out for them. There were some small deals yesterday, too. Um, We had J.J. Reddick going to Dallas, Terrence Davis to Sacramento, Matt Thomas to Utah, Brad Wanamaker to Charlotte. And do you guys have any insights on this? I'm disappointed. Charlotte didn't do a little more with the, uh, ball injury, Lamella ball injury. They've got money. It's a rare positive year for them. It seems odd. They didn't do more, but uh, there's no fantasy, uh, relevance news in all those deals. I think you yeah. guys should cut your delicious Friday Eve night DFS advice on a crazy night where we don't know who the heck's going to be on what team. <laughs> yeah, I am uh, more than usual. I'm just going to I'm going to completely skip the injury slash who's available, who's not section because it's a it's a dumpster fire. So assume it's 11 game slate. Assume anyone who got dragged yesterday is not playing um, because sometimes the teams aren't great at announcing it. So just assume they're out. And then if they're in, the team will certainly announce it. Let's put it Plus COVID, I don't know what the covid protocols are for guys switching teams and all this and travel. And I don't know. Yeah, even true. more than it's it's tough. Um, so let's kind of dive in. I mean, I, I think from a value perspective, the guy that stands out right away, um, someone Shannon alluded to is Mo Bamba, because we're not expecting uh, Wendell Carter Jr. to be there and playing yet. And there are only so many, so many minutes that they'll be playing. Camp. I mean, anybody from Orlando. Right. I mean, you have like six, seven players available. That's an exaggeration, but it's, you know, Mo Bamba, Michael Carter, Williams, Chas and Randall. Those are the three guys that at least the Rotowire optimizer really likes for this game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think Mo Bamba and, and really anyone for Orlando, just once, once we figure out who's available for Orlando, what their starting lineup's going to look like. Uh, those, those players are definitely going to factor into the lineups I set. Uh, it's, it's tough. They, some of that's already priced in on FanDuel. Mo Bamba's 4,600, uh, uh, Birch 4,800. I, I need to see who's playing, who's available. If mom, if Mo Bamba's starting, I, I like the idea of Mo Bamba, but I am somewhat worried about how much he's going to play. Even if he does start, he was just cleared to play for the magic, uh, on Wednesday and he logged zero minutes. Uh, he's only top 20 minutes, I believe, once this season. Usually he's seeing like 9 to 10 minutes when he does get out there. So the question is just even if he even if he starts, is he really a guy that's going to play 30 minutes? Um, I question that. Um, but I do think it's they're one of the teams. You know, it, you know Terrence Ross, we mentioned him. Uh, if he's active, um, which right now he's questionable, if he's active, he's going to be uh, a great option. 
uh, for tonight's slate. And maybe Robert, a season going forward. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Robert actually what I could, I have uh, Ross is ruled out. That just came through. Uh, so. Okay. Um, yeah. Hello, Boston, Dwayne Robert, Bacon, baby. <laughs> Bacon is so bad. Um, Robert Williams for the Celtics, I think, is in a good spot right now. Uh, Tice is gone. Uh, Tristan Thompson, I think, is questionable at best with COVID protocols. Uh, so he, they're going up against the Bucks. Uh, I think it is time for Time Lord. He, uh, again, I don't. You, you don't have to reiterate like his upside. Everyone knows it's like, <laughs> you know, upside for five blocks, fifteen rebounds, that sort of everything. He has a. He already has a fifty-point fantasy. One hundred and forty percent shooting from the field. One hundred and forty percent shooting. <laughs> yeah. The problem is yeah, the the problem, especially on uh, FanDuel, you cannot play Bamba and Robert Williams. You have to choose one of them. Yeah. Uh, so that's that is a tough choice because their prices are differing enough where you I think you have to think about it. Rob- and neither of them are a lock for 30 minutes, even given their situation. Robert Williams is like a version of Miles Turner that actually rebounds um, that rebounds like a center and so, runs runs. Yeah. Right. He's a good passer, actually. I'm telling you, his assists are going to be nice for a center when he's the regular starter. Um, one of the other teams I'm looking at is Miami. Um, see who's right. available, who's out. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Drogic's already been ruled out, I believe. Uh, my guess is Oladipo is not going to be available. Butler sat out last night. Uh, on Thursday night, if he sits out again, then you know I'm looking at Bam. I'm looking at Tyler Hero, who Tyler Hero had a monster game. Um, 35 minutes, 29 points, four rebounds, eight assists, uh, 47 fantasy points on Thursday night. Um, so that, that, and that game as a whole too, I like the Charlotte side as well. Um, just because you have like Devonte Graham, um, back in the starting lineup with Lomelo out, he hasn't really capitalized on, uh, the, his rejoining the starting five yet. Um, 28 and 25 minutes in those two games. Um, only 5,100 on FanDuel. And, and I feel like, you know, he's got 40, 40 point fantasy upside, um, especially if he, if he plays instead of playing 25, 28 minutes, he's 32. Um, so he's an option I like as well. Yeah, I think uh, as far as the, we'll, we'll wrap this up quickly here, but like as far as the guys at the very top of the heap, Damian Lillard against the Magic, interesting. Um, the fear is the he, he's sitting by mid third quarter. Yeah, you worry about yeah. the blowout, but he could also have 45 points by the third quarter. So um, that's, that's <laughs> about a half. <laughs> I do. I do worry. The one. Yeah. One thing I worry about with the Blazers is the fact that they played Miami last night um, right. and they could they're probably going to be a little bit shorthanded, too. Um, so maybe they can't afford to sit anyone. Um, but, yeah, I do. The blowout potential is definitely a worry. But but, yeah, Lillard, like you said, Al. Lillard, Lillard can go off. He was having a bad game last night um, and then turned it up and still ended up finishing with 40 fantasy points uh, after a strong fourth quarter. Um, he's a guy who can just, you know, even if he only has one quarter. If he's firing that one quarter, then, then he could he could put up a good line. Right. Um, OK, let's let's move on from DFS since this will be pretty much a bloodbath uh, all day just in terms of injury news. Ken, it is time for your old man rant. Ah, baby. That's the tired old U2 album title that I'd scream every time Daniel Tice would slam home a dunk or block a shot. Achtung is German for danger. 
alas, my German darling is now in Chicago because Celtic ownership didn't want to pay the luxury tax after trading for Evan Fournier. Well, I don't like it. The Celtics are valued at $3.1 billion, billion dollars per Forbes. Pay the tax. Sure, Boston has a losing record, and owners are losing money due to no fan attendance at games. I get it, but I don't care. I love Daniel Tice. Ah! Farewell, my sweet tattooed prince. God. They, they at least replaced him with another German. What, the, the, Mo Wagner. That. That's the most yeah. German German they could get. <laughs> that's probably the most like nauseated I've ever felt during ever. an old man rant. I'm uh, here for you guys. I am here I, for you. The rational <laughs> love that Celtics and Lakers ha- fans have for yeah. the bums on their team yeah. makes no remember, sense. Remember Brad Wanamaker? Bum. All right. Oh, like, love I, Brad. Oh, my God. I will give Ainge credit. Ainge realizes the last seat on the bench sucks. And he goes and gets a guy that's been playing in Europe, had batteries thrown at him during games, <laughs> and is perfectly happy to sit at the end of the bench. That was Wanamaker. And then it was Javante Green, who also went to Chicago. Um, and, you know, Tice, hey, they got Tice as a cheap free agent out of the Bundesliga League. That worked out. Hey, quality minutes. Yo, he wasn't a star, but we enjoyed him. Anyway, I good think, luck in Chicago. I think once fans are back allowed in Boston, these players should be worried that they're going to get batteries thrown at them. <laughs> <laughs> it's some sort of House of Pain-like revolution. Jump up, yeah. jump up, and jump around. I've had rabid Boston fans just screaming in their basements for like a year straight. They're going to let them back in the building? <laughs> oh, That's man. true. The hate on uh, Twitter for Danny and Brad is... At a thousand degrees. Yeah. I, I think as far as mispronounced names go, we pretty much uh, got out of here unscathed, I think. I don't know. I, I don't I have a problem with the way Ken says Oladipo. He uh, says Aladipo ah Aladipo. I it's Oladipo. O La Depot. O L A Depot. Oh yeah. It definitely starts with an O. Do yeah, I yeah. say Al Depot? Like you, Big you, Al? I don't, the way you say it, just, uh, I, can't, I can't deal with That's it. part of my old man whining uh. way of talking, like I'm a Van Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> we also strategically avoid talking about how Brad Dacus got traded in the uh, Sixers swap with George Hill. <laughs> we just didn't know. Uh, okay, so let's, uh, yeah. That, that's going to do it for us on a uh, longer than usual, but very much needed, very fun podcast for us. Uh, trade deadline is always one of the best days of the year. Um, so thank you, everybody, for joining us on this edition of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by Gamer Saloon. Ken, take us out of here. Let's go to Bristol, Connecticut, where ESPN's Bobby Marks made this statement on Instagram less than 24 hours ago, analyzing the Hawks Clippers Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams swap. Mark said, quote, let's face it. I'm going to use the PG-13 version of this. Rondo's been horse this year. I mean, he has. Bobby Marks. Now Alex is mad. He's got to edit the pod. But it's okay for you too, baby. Attention passengers. This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Oh, oh.